Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1. Are you feeling it? It's February. Are you feeling good? We have testing coming up soon in Barcelona, even though we won't be able to watch it live, but it's livery month too. We have livery unveils like almost every week until testing, and even one after testing. Thanks a lot, Alfa Romeo. But can we stop getting leaks of these liveries? Like, even from the teams themselves, they're leaking them. It's... Oh, it's so frustrating sometimes, but kind of ruins part of the anticipation, right? Part of that feeling of surprise when we get to see a new livery. But I was just talking the other day to one of my friends about how livery reveals are symbolic. There, There is like such a symbolism behind the livery reveal, right? Why do we love it so much? Well, one, of course, we like to see that fresh coat of paint and... In 2022, it's going to be even more special this year because we're going to be able to see a new model, new style, new generation of cars. But I was also thinking, like, the livery reveal in and of itself is a symbol. It's a symbol of change. It's a symbol of hope, right? That our our team, when we see that new livery, that could be the car that achieves greatness. That could be a car that has drivers getting to podiums, that has drivers winning championships, drivers winning races. There's something special about it. I compare it to, like here in the United States, when you have preseason for football, you have you know, pitchers and catchers report to baseball. There's a lot of that anticipation, that surprise. What's going to happen? Are, are these going to be the teams that do great? And it's the same for Formula One. We love that anticipation. We love to see what's going to happen. And I think that's why we get all excited about it. And, uh, you know, we've delivered so far. I think Livery Week, Livery Month, sorry, has delivered mostly. For the most part, we'll talk about some teams that have and have, and I think I have already. But this week, man, if you're a Formula One fan, you're even a racing fan in general, it's been a busy week. I feel like there was some kind of news. Either, you know, we had Red Bull, Aston Martin, McLaren launching their, their cars, their liveries. We had... News with Lando, and I think that's where I'm going to start. Lando Norris re-signing until 2025 with McLaren. Man, I, I got to give it to Lando. He, listen, I love McLaren. I love the way McLaren's ran. I think it's a special team. I think they can do great stuff. I think Zach Brown has the right things in place, the right peoples and peoples, the right people in place to get the job done. And for Lando to commit that long, Especially when he supposedly had deals with Mercedes and Red Bull. Supposedly, like they reached out to him. That means something. That's that's a that's saying you're committed to a team that you think is gonna achieve victories. Now of course I'm sure that there are some out clauses in there. I'm sure that if things don't go well, I'm sure if there's one thing we've learned in Formula One, nothing is exactly set in stone. So yeah, big ups to Lando. I mean Got to give the guy credit for re-signing until 2025 and really showing that he has a commitment to McLaren. And I'm interested to see where it goes. I think that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny. McLaren has to deliver, especially with that type of commitment. But it'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Uh, Speaking of commitments and re-signing, you know, I thought the Lewis Hamilton saga was done. He was on Twitter. He said, I'm back. Made it very clear that he was coming back. But then uh, reports were coming out that 
yes, even though he had toured the Mercedes factory, uh, it doesn't mean that he is coming back, which is fascinating to me, but I don't see how he's not going to come back. I, I just really don't understand that. I To me, I feel like there is no doubt Lewis is coming back, and I I just don't see it, especially this late in the season. But I really hope that's not true, that he's still waiting on supposedly some more news. Um, you know, I can't remember if this came from... I can't remember if this came from Chris Medlin or if it came somewhere else, but... I saw the report on Twitter, and it did kind of boggle my mind, saying that, you know, just because he was there, it doesn't mean, just because Lewis was on the touring and in the simulator for 2022, doesn't mean that he is going to continue to re-sign, and that he won't leave the sport. So, we're going to have to see where that goes. I just, I don't believe that Lewis is going to leave. I just, I don't see a way that that's possible. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I I just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um I can understand why he wants to wait maybe, but he said he's back. Mercedes is hyping that he's back. There's no way. I just can't see Oh, it was Craig Slater by the way. It's Craig Slater said that um you know, Mercedes Hamilton was at the Mercedes factory checking on the progress. Um and he says that doesn't mean Lewis will be back. It depends on the FAA, FIA findings. I don't see it happening. I think Lewis is coming back. I I think this is a lot of posturing, maybe. Uh, maybe to force Michael Massey out. I just can't see him maintaining his spot. But we'll see what happens with that. But that was another little piece of news that came up just yesterday. So pretty interesting. Um, in other news, we had these livery launches this week, and we finally got our glimpse at two, I guess technically we've seen three 2022 versions uh, of the new car, official versions or mostly official worked on versions, with the only stock model being that of Red Bull, who showed a show model, but uh, we had Aston Martin releasing, oh, that was such a sexy livery, that new Aston Martin. It looked nice, right? And the body style is so unique on it, too, the way they... Went about those side pods. They have those, I guess, what are we calling them? Gills now on the side of the side pods. On top of the side pods, we have those gills actions going on there. We have so many little changes in the way they modified the air intakes. They're kind of blocky looking. Very radical from the Haas, which was an early model, an early rendering of their 2022 car. So we'll see what the official Haas looks like. And then McLaren too, also releasing theirs, which kind of had more of that skinny side pod action as well. So it's interesting to see the different looks teams are taking on it. The only one we've seen on the track in some form is the Aston Martin. Of the liveries, if we're going to rank them right now, Aston Martin is the sexiest. The McLaren, definitely a number two. It looks good. Definitely looks solid. Uh, I think some people wanted a little more blue, but I, I like the way it looks. I think it's a nice look for the McLaren. And then the Haas wasn't really anything special, nor was the Red Bull. So Definitely interesting, definitely a big week for news in Formula One in terms of liveries. And then we have Ferrari coming up next week. We have AlphaTauri tomorrow. I know I'm recording this on the heels of the Super Bowl, but tomorrow we have 
Alpha Tauri, then we have Williams, then we have Ferrari and Mercedes all in one week. So of the five day work week, four of those days are going to be for livery reveals. So there is no way we can't get excited. Unfortunately, because of leaks, we've already seen the Alpha Tauri. It is on there, and it's such a shame. Like, way to ruin the hype. These teams work so hard on trying to keep their liveries under wraps and their cars under wraps, and it just takes one person with their camera ruining it for everybody, ruining the surprise. So, I do have one complaint about livery launches, though. We got to find a way to get teams to just launch them. Like, just show them. Just make it quick. I think Aston Martin had the quickest, but. These other teams, they go on forever and ever. I think Haas had a good one, though. Haas kind of just dropped it. I feel like Haas was just like, here's your new car. Like, this is what you got. There was no, like, ceremony, pomp, circumstance. But, man, Red Bulls took forever. There was, like, a whole Hollywood production going on there. And then McLaren was a little longer. I don't know. I just kind of like a short livery reveal. Just show me what I want to see. Show us the goods. Other than that, a lot of drivers, specifically the Aston Martin drivers... Speaking their minds this week, talking about some controversial topics a little bit. So, at the Aston Martin livery reveal, both Lance Stroll and Seb had interesting takes on two major pieces of news going on that we're still talking about to this day. Of course, Lance Stroll being with Abu Dhabi. And Lance Stroll pretty much told it like it is. He said, Abu Dhabi was just not right. So, the rules are the rules. When there's a safety car, lap cars get to overtake the safety car, and then we go racing. There's nothing that says half the cars can overtake and half have to stay behind. Those things can't be modified during a race just to put on a show. And I think that was good for Lance. I think it was good for Lance to talk about. I think it's good to hear from the drivers about how they feel about these events in Formula 1. I think that's fair. They're allowed to use their voice, their position to express their opinion and we know a lot of people have controversial opinions on the way Abu Dhabi ended and there's nothing wrong with Lance talking about it I think it's something that needs to be heard I think we need to hear other drivers opinions and it was kind of interesting too because in that same regard Lando Norris also mentioned that kind of supported Michael Massey and saying that you know overall he thought he's done an okay job but just Maybe needs more support and things like that to help him. So it's interesting to see those two points of view on the same issue. And some other people might have the same opinion, but we don't really know how each and every driver feels. We only know how a few feel. Uh, in terms of Vettel, one of the other surprising pieces of news this week was in terms of before the race, you know, we have the whole we race as one presentation and the drivers taking a knee that started about two years ago uh, around the COVID season, you know, 2020, uh, when a lot of social activism was going on. There was big social movements, Black Lives Matter, etc. And the We Race has won and the knee thing was very popular and as it should be to present an issue uh, as it is and to show support for an issue. And for uh, F1 is bailing on it this year and it's kind of a shame because I think it is one of the sports where it was widely accepted as a united I wouldn't maybe say widely accepted I'm sure there's people that have their own opinions on the matter but it was cool to see a sport that actually seemed to get behind it as a movement and a sport that there wasn't so much controversy around it and that 
you know, it was promoting an issue that maybe doesn't get hurt, especially in the world of Formula One where there are issues with diversity. There are things that need to be tackled. And I think it was very great what Formula One was doing. And for them to bail on it is quite surprising. But Seb spoke his mind about that. He said, hey, listen, these aren't issues that are done with. There are still problems going on. And there are still issues that can be tackled. And we're kind of just simply ignoring them. That we're kind of leaving it out. Like that we're basically flat out not caring and uh not i shouldn't say not caring but that we're pretty much diminishing these issues we're like all right two years and then we're gone so for some to say that you know hopefully there's a way drivers can still get together and still talk about these issues i think that's a good thing i think that's something that's a very mature answer very respectable answer and i i really do hope we see some ways for that to continue because especially I mean, you know Lewis is still going to do the work Lewis does, which is great. And I like the work Seb does, too. He's, you know, genuinely, he puts a word forward and he sticks with it. And I just hope they find a way to continue that. I hope they find a way to continue representing the interests of the drivers and of a global community as well. And I think, I think it's good for the sport. Overall, I think it is healthy. I don't think it hurts the sport at all. So I don't know what angle F1 is looking at when they're bailing on it, but I don't know. That's, I guess, an answer we'll better for higher powers than us uh, that we don't know. But, yeah, um, other random news. It was pretty funny. Uh, well, one of the most, well, I'll get to the last part, but we was checking out Twitter. <laughs> I feel like it's the brand that keeps on circling back in the weirdest type of ways, but our good old friends, Rich Energy, you know, William Story, that whole deal, Haas Racing, they are involved in some of the weirdest sponsorship things. They're in, like, minor league MotoGP. I should know what it's called, but I don't. Um, but Rich Energy actually showed up on the Jamaican bobsled team. Uh, they're a sponsor of the Jamaican bobsled team, which is, like, oh, I, I, I was like, come on, Jamaica. Like, you guys can do better than that. Like, you had to find them as a sponsor. Rich Energy, really? And I was like, no way. I haven't even watched the Olympics this year, but I, I saw that on the Jamaican bobsled team's Twitter, and I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? What What is going on? How I feel like Rich Energy is somehow going to become one of the biggest brands ever, and we just all bought into it. They did this all to, you know, they had the stupid sponsorship follow-through. They do all this random stuff, William Story's Outspoken, just for pure marketing, just to get their name out there, and somehow by... 2036, the end, maybe at the last Bahrain Grand Prix. Yeah, did you see that? We're going to Bahrain until 2036. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's a long time to commit to that race. And I'm not saying, I think there have been a lot of good races at Bahrain, especially this year. I think that set up our championship battle. But 2036? Like, is that the best track we can go to until 2036? There's nothing better that we can, like put in that place i mean we lost germany we lost the german grand prix uh i mean that's a little unfair why can't we bring that back and get rid of bahrain at some point but you know like they say i don't want to sound cliche but i guess cash is king and this is a place that's going to bring in the money so i guess we're stuck with it for now but man i just would i i just want to see some more tracks that are unique and I don't know. Maybe it's just too much to hope for. But, yeah. So, we're going to have Bahrain until 2036. So, don't be surprised if, you know, what is that? 
14 years from now, I, I think I actually got my math right, 14 years from now, you're going to be sitting at your TV, the rich energy Mercedes is going to be on the pole, and you're watching the last Grand Prix held at Bari. Wouldn't that be something fascinating? That would be interesting to watch for sure. All right, so before I get on to moving on to Mercedes and their little review of their season, what I think they're going to do for 2022, just one last thing. Pretty hyped. I think the livery reveal that I'm most hyped for next week is Ferrari. Did you see those kits that they had, their, their merchandise? I mean, I know it did kind of look like a McDonald's shirt, but I'm pretty hyped to see what it looks like because there's definitely going to be black in it, right? Like, there's got to be. So it's going to be cool to look at, and I'm really hyped for that one. But let's get into the last part here, and that is reviewing Mercedes' 2021 season. They were number one in our Constructors' Championship. Probably should have been number one in the World Drivers' Championship with Lewis Hamilton. But they fell short, arguably due to, arguably, maybe inarguably, thanks to things beyond their control. So, talking about Mercedes 2021. I mean, I don't know really where to start with Mercedes. Because the team starting off... It was iffy, right? When we were at preseason testing, the cars, the Mercedes, didn't look that great. They had a lot of handling issues, a lot of balance issues. They were prone to spinning out. And Mercedes was not even joking when they said, we're not sandbagging. Like We have to go back to the factory and figure out some things. We have to look at the data and figure out what we can fix. And I think we got the feeling from Bahrain that maybe this season will not be what we think it's going to be, that maybe there are going to be some issues and maybe that Red Bull will be a little more competitive. So I think right off the bat from that preseason testing, we had a feeling it was going to be a close close battle for the championship. And Mercedes getting into it, I mean, they were, you know, at Bahrain, they looked like they were back to form. They, they Mercedes figured it out for the first race. And we had that epic battle between Max and Lewis, which set the stage for what would be the rest of the season, essentially. Mercedes overall, though, like, it's interesting thinking about the trajectory Mercedes took this year. I mean, the beginning of the year, they weren't really anything special. They lost in some places we didn't expect them to. Red Bull was a lot closer to them. In the first half of the season, they looked vulnerable. They looked like a team that had weaknesses, a team that we were not used to seeing at Mercedes for a long time, a team that, you know, could lose both the Constructors' Championship and the Drivers' Championship. But, I mean, to their credit, if you had to break down individually by drivers, I mean, we'll start with Valtteri. Poor Valtteri, man. Like, I feel like the first half of the season, Valtteri was feeling the pressure feeling that he had to perform at a certain level for Mercedes um, because obviously he had George Russell or the prospect of George Russell breathing down his neck, the prospect of George Russell replacing him at Merck breathing down his neck. And I think we kind of felt the pressure. And I don't know if that's true or not. That might just be a bold statement by me. But there was something up with Valtteri that first half of the season where 
he just was not on the level we expected him to be. He wasn't as reliable as we thought. He looked weak in qualifying sometimes. Uh, when Lewis needed him for defense, he just wasn't there. It just didn't happen. And slowly but surely, he kind of, you know, I think the re- the major turning point, obviously, for Valtteri's season, ironic enough, was when he re-si- after he resigned with Alfa Romeo, it was like he was let out of a cannon. He was back to being the old Valtteri. So, um, unfortunate for him, but, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. It was just that Valtteri's year was inconsistent the first half, and just, you know, the second half, he got a lot better, but it might have just been too little too late. And, I mean, there's no doubt that George deserves that seat that he's in. I, I mean, I'll get into what I think for next year, but... George definitely deserves the seat that he's in, but I just wish, I don't know, I wish Valtteri had a season at Mercedes where he wasn't feeling so much pressure, where he wasn't on a year-to-year contract. You know, like you said, it always felt like the knife was, like, at his throat at Mercedes, which makes sense. But I think going to Alfa Romeo is going to be a good move for him. I think he's the right guy to kind of steer that ship in the right direction, especially as Alfa tries to um, become more independent as a team. On the other hand, there's Lewis. I mean, what could you really say about Lewis? I think it's unfair to even evaluate Lewis's season. There is really not much to evaluate. I think Lewis knows how to get the most out of that car, whether it's underperforming or overperforming. He is a guy that just knows when to light it up and knows when to make the moves at the right places, knows when he has to be clutch, and... I know a lot of people have this whole argument that, and it's going to be an argument forever in Formula One. It's really nothing that special. But the fact is, Mercedes has a good car, and Lewis is a good driver. The best driver should be in the best cars. I mean, ever since Formula One has existed, you've had the best drivers in the best cars. So, this argument that anyone could win in a Mercedes isn't true. I'm sorry. It's not. I don't think anybody... All right. Maybe... Sorry. Maybe some drivers might sneak out a victory or a podium in the Mercedes, but not every driver is going to be a world champion in that car. It still takes an extreme amount of talent to drive that car and get the most out of it, to get the lap times you need out of it, to be consistent with it, to have great tire management. Not every driver can do that, and we've seen that in the past. You could even argue, I mean, I don't know how George got that puncture at the Secure Grand Prix, but look at that. George did drive a great race, but did he manage his car properly? Did he make the moves at the right time? I don't know. Maybe I'm speculating too much, but I'm just saying that it does. And look at Valtteri. You know the car's built for Lewis, but Valtteri's had moments where he hasn't gotten the most out of the car. He wasn't always 1-2. wasn't always Mercedes 1-2. So I think we got to stop with the car driver. Max Verstappen had a great car, and he won a lot. Look at Checo, though. Checo, maybe not so much. Um, so I'm just saying it. that argument just drives me nuts. I, I don't get why people can't appreciate racecraft because Lewis has proven his racecraft numerous times. And honestly, if I'm going to evaluate his season, it's Lewis drove that Mercedes how he was supposed to when he could. And I would say the same for Max. Max is one of the most consistent drivers this year. That's why we had such an epic battle because the cars were closer and you had a battle of two great drivers who were literally eclipsing the field by 10 seconds sometimes or more. So 
Yeah, that argument does drive me a little nuts. Sorry, I went on a rant there. But Mercedes overall, I got to give credit to the way that teams ran. Total Wolf really runs a great ship. I think they have the right people around them. I mean, that car was not the best car. And they definitely worked on R&D. They made sure that they had, I know we call it the super engine, the jet engine, but was it the spicy engine, I think they called it? <laughs> um, listen, that that is impressive to say the least. That Mercedes figured out a way to be more efficient. Yes, the reliability was an issue, but reliability doesn't matter when you can start at the back of the grid and blow your way through the field. But again, to blow your way through the field is not easy. I mean, it was just incredible the way Mercedes made that comeback after Brazil. Like, from Brazil on, because it looked like the title was Bread Bulls to lose after the U.S. and Mexican Grand Prix. But when we got to Brazil, everything changed. Everything changed, and things looked like it was going to be Mercedes' championship to win. And that was pretty impressive. I was, I was shocked, to be honest, to see how they came back so strong in those last couple races. And it was, like, perfectly set up with the tracks that were left. I mean, Mercedes knows what they're doing. That's why, when it comes to 2022, I I mean, it's going to be Red Bull Mercedes again, right? Maybe Dorota McLaren. Supposedly, Ferrari has some power in them this year and has done developments the right way. But I honestly, especially if Lewis is back, there's no doubt in my mind, like, if Lewis is back this year, you have a hungry Mercedes team. You have a hungry Lewis Hamilton. You do have George Russell, which might add some things to the mix because he's going to be a little hungry. But I really think Lewis is going to be the... I, I think for the sake of the sport, I'm happy Max got his win, right? I'm happy that Max has this championship. And I think it was good for the sport that Max got a championship. The way it was won, not exactly the greatest thing ever. But I think for... I think the sport needed a little variety. I, again, I hate the way that it ended. I wish it ended in a lot more clean manner. But I think what would be better for the sport would be the Lewis Hamilton, suck it, everybody. I'm coming back with a vengeance. Mercedes coming back with a vengeance. Mercedes, World Constructors Championship. Lewis in first. Maybe Max second. George third overall. But I just want to see the Mercedes Lewis Hamilton comeback story if you call it vengeance revenge tour that has to happen this year it just has to there's no other way you can go about it that's the team that needs to win the championship I'm, I'm sorry and you might disagree with me but I think for the sake of the sport it would be one of the greatest storylines because the way 2021 ended we need we need it we honestly need it I think it would to pardon me for bringing a Star Wars reference into this, but I think we need to bring a little balance to the force. I think I think we need a little righting of some wrongs. I think and I think honestly I think Lewis is gonna do it on the track. You know why? Because sometimes the biggest words aren't said on Twitter. The biggest words aren't said in a press interview. The biggest words aren't said uh, via a press release. Sometimes the most important words, the most important statements are the statement a driver can make on the track. And we know what Lewis can do. We know what a hungry Lewis Hamilton can do. So, I think going into 2022, it's my bold prediction. It might not be that bold of a prediction. But Lewis has to come back, one, which he will. I There's no doubt in my mind. 
And two, that Mercedes team, I hope they found everything right. And I hope they hit it. I hope they hit the regs on the head. I do want a competitive season. Granted, I want competitive. I want this to be a good points battle. But I want Lewis to come out in the end. Because we were robbed of something special. We were robbed of a good storyline. We were kind of robbed of a proper finish. And I just think that's what 2022 needs. So, yeah, that's my little Mercedes prediction, my Mercedes breakdown. I guess it wasn't much of a breakdown because how hard could you go at Mercedes, really? Like, how many, how crippling of a assessment could I give? I'm just calling it like it is. Mercedes knows what they're doing. One of the best-ran teams in the championship. And I think that going into 2022 is it's going to be something special. So, all right. So I finally finished reviewing all the teams for this year. I got it done before testing. I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, I did catch the Formula E race yesterday. That was pretty good. Uh, Formula E is really starting to deliver. I mean, we had a Porsche 1-2. The racing was good. It was in Mexico. We don't have another race till April now, though. That's insane. But, no, I really do think that Formula E is making a comeback. So, that was just a random thought that popped in my head. But, hey, listen, guys. I hope you're having a great weekend. If you're going to watch the Super Bowl, I hope you watch it. Let's hope the Bengals win. And I'll talk to you guys after, right before, I guess, preseason testing. I'll come back with a little Friday Friday report and getting us geared up for going into preseason testing, shakedown, whatever you want to call it. So, Enjoy the weekend, everybody, what's left of it, and uh, stay pumped for the 2022 season. It's right around the corner.